The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columns for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Now we're off to West Africa today, specifically Guinea, where ASX listed Arrow Minerals, which trades on the code AMD, has just secured a deal that gives it a footprint at the northern extension of the uh, iron ore riches found in the Simindu Ranges, well known to this market because of Rio's presence there. And Rio's presence there is the 2 billion ton, 65% uh, FE components of uh, the Simindu range that they own, and uh, Arrows uh, secured a northern extension of this apparently. So with that, I'm going to introduce the MD, Hugh Bresser, today to give us a rundown on the details behind the deal and uh, where to uh, for the company from here. And just uh, a reminder, the stock uh, last traded at 0.4 cents for a market cap of just around $8 million. So when we're talking the Simindu Mountain Range and a market cap of $8 million, there's uh, plenty of excitement around this deal. So, Hugh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for your time today. Wonderful. Thanks very much, Barry, and, and thank you for the introduction. Uh, yes, it's a, it's a fairly exciting time for Arrow. We uh, have been going through a, a company restructure, I guess, since about 2019 when we, we started to focus on some of our West African gold assets and I, uh, I joined the company in, in July last year, so I've been with Arrow for about a year and I've been in the, the MD seat since February this year. So my mandate and focus has been really to, to take Arrow strongly focused onto to West Africa and in the time that I've been with the company, it's been about exploring and looking for opportunities in West Africa that can really make a significant difference to the company. And I was very pleased to be able to announce the the agreement over the Simandu North Iron Project. Uh, it's it's a quantum shift for the company. I think it's going to be a, a wonderful return for shareholders. For for those of you listening that don't know much about the Simandu Range, it's it's probably the world's well, it is the world's largest undeveloped high grade iron ore range. Initially discovered in 1997 by Rio. And at that stage, they had four exploration blocks over the area. They were hived off basically by the Ghanaian government in uh, 20, or 2008. And they were broken into four, the four blocks. Rio retained two, and two were, were put out to uh, BSGR. Now, they uh, went through a, a fair bit of a court case there, and eventually they were returned back to the Ghanaian government. and. In November 2019, they were put out for tender and uh, winning consortium, a a Chinese group, won the rights to blocks one and two. So at the moment, there's probably about 4 billion tonnes of high-grade iron spread between the four blocks that Rio and winning have. And we sit directly north of the winning consortium. So... What we have is the northern extension of the Simandu block, 
It's um, virtually unexplored other than some work done by Vale in the uh, early 2000s where they identified the continuation of the Seamandu range into that area through geophysics and yeah. did some very early reconnaissance drilling. So we're sitting in a position now where we have a major extension to the Seamandu range and we're about to kick that off into a uh, due diligence and then subsequent exploration phase with our aims to define a, uh, a number of high-grade iron deposits in the area. Mm. So who are you acquiring the interest from? So the, the interest is held by a, a private Singaporean company, uh, Amalgamated Minerals. Amalgamated are um, a, a group that look to secure assets that have potential. Um, we, well, I came across them through, actually at Indaba was my first meeting with them. So it was about looking for opportunities in West Africa and we were talking about the use of uh, gold and iron in the region. So it seemed like a, a very good fit for us. They were happy with, with my experience and we were certainly happy with the quality of the ground that Amalgamated had and we were very pleased to be able to move forward with the acquisition. Now, mm. uh, your more recent history there with logistics, moving manganese around the place, and this uh, Simindu project, uh, as you mentioned, uh, discovered a long time by, uh, ago by Rio, and it's had a bit of a, a checkered history, but there was a, an agreement reached between the government, uh, Rio, and the winning consortium back in March to actually uh, get the project going. Now, it is it if this deposit was on the coast or was in the Pilbara, it would have been developed by now. It's 600-plus uh, kilometres from the coast uh, to get to a port, and that's been what's holding it back. So what's your understanding of the progress that Rio and uh, the winning consortium are making on that infrastructure front? So the best we know at the moment, Barry, is that the infrastructural development is being strongly supported and pushed by the Ghanaian government. They see it as nation building, don't they? Yeah. They do, they do. The, they see this as a potential to release value that has been tied up in their their country for, for a very long time. In 1997, it was discovered. It's, it's one of those assets that, as you say, if it was anywhere else in the world, if it was near the coast or if it was in the Pilbara, we would have developed this by now. Um, it's it's very similar to the the high grade deposits out of out of Brazil, so mm -hmm. the Ghanaian government really want to see this developed. They've put up a, a three way agreement with Winning and Rio in place, and under the terms of the agreement, they need to build a rail line and port infrastructure. Um, we we're aware that the the rail line construction has started, and I think if you've been watching the press recently in that space, you've seen there's been a lot of of sabre rattling by the Ghanaian government around stopping work on the, the developments mm. um, and threatening Rio particularly with uh, taking off the, the assets off them. Um, but at the end of the day, it's in everyone's best interest for this development to go forward. Mm. It's it's a primary project for the Ghanaian government and the Ghanaian people. It's a it's a massive undertaking for Rio. It's it's going to release an enormous amount of value for them, and for winning consortium, and we sitting to the north uh, sit right on the the proposed rail line, and it's a shared use 
infrastructural agreement that they're using. So the rail line will be available for for use by anybody as well mm-hmm. as the port facilities. So not like the situation we have in the Pilbara, famously. No, not like the, mm. the situation in the Pilbara. It's, it, it's been deliberately structured that way. Mm. So what we'd call open access here, yeah? Yeah, exactly. Mm. They, they want, the Ghanaian government want to use this infrastructure to, to build their, com- their country, and it's, it's a big, big undertaking for them. Mm. Um, so we, we're, we're very pleased. And the timing they're talking about, uh, I think the, the proposal at the moment is to have first ore being produced along that infrastructural belt by 2025 or 2026. And given the, the state of our project, that works wonderfully with our timing. That gives us time to, to evaluate the project, to find resources and be in a position to potentially feed into that infrastructural chain. Now, you've kind of uh, touched there on a lot of posturing in the, the last year or so about the infrastructure side of the, uh, the seven-day range uh, get going. Uh, one thing we can say, though, is Winning Consortium uh, famously have uh, taken bauxite uh, production in Guinea from next to nothing to uh, the biggest exporter in the world. Uh, so there is uh, the winning consortium, uh, Chinese side of things, um, they can get things done. So whether Rio uh, gets dragged along in the process or not, doesn't long term, one wonders whether it will really matter because uh, winning consortium uh, seem to be a can-do sort of organisation or, or consortium. Uh, that's right, Barry. I, I, I see this as a, a very active space and um, it's certainly going to be an interesting couple of years with the developments there. Mm. So it's an non-binding um, agreement at, the, at this stage. Obviously it allows you to get in there and do some DD and check a few things out. So what will you be doing in this uh, in the next 12 months or so just to uh, firm up this, uh, this deal? Uh, look, the, the primary focus for us over the next three months, obviously given the, the history of the Seamandu range, um, is focusing on the due diligence aspects, ensuring title, meeting with the Ghanaian government, uh, meeting with local communities, um, because we need to, to have that social licence to operate. We also need to understand the framework in which we operate. Uh, but beside the, the legal context of it, what we want to be doing is getting onto the ground as soon as we can, start getting some very relevant samples collected. There are a number of, of ridges and, and larger hills that are outcrop in our area, and that's generally the sign of a higher-grade material. Mm-hmm. So we'll be, we'll be getting on the ground, collecting samples, mapping the, the area. Then all things ticking our boxes, we'll be executing our, our due diligence acquisition and moving to a, a 33% ownership, at which point we'll start the uh, exploration in, in full vigour, which will involve geophysics, both gravity and magnetics, and, um, and drilling some of the, the ready-known targets that were left untested by Vale. So we, we expect to be moving forward fairly quickly in, in defining higher-grade zones of, of iron material in that range. And the work you've just described there, do you have funding in place or arranging finance to get that done? It's a, a good question, Barry, and I think it's it's... You, know, you commented earlier about our market cap, and I think that's been a, a big challenge for for Arrow uh, and myself. We've uh, we've been a small company for a long time, and it, it's time to change that. And mm-hmm. to do that, we do need to raise funds. And part of this 
this deal structure that we've struck over the Seamandu North Iron Project includes a, a placement or a, a, a rights holding for, for about $2.5 million. Um, it's potentially underwritten. We need to obviously go through the DD phase to, to confirm all of that. But we'd be looking to do a raise sometime in October or November to get enough money to move forward very quickly into, uh, into the future. Um, hand in glove with that, we have just divested our uh, Strickland Copper Gold project in Western Australia, and that's going to bring about $600,000 into the company. We've just completed a placement at 0.006, which was a, a premium to market, and that brought in another $350,000. So that funds us all the way through to the conclusion of due diligence. It also gives us some money to advance our gold projects in Burkina Faso. I mean, Seamandu North is, is it's an exciting project. It's, it's a big opportunity for the company, but our, our gold projects in Burkina Faso are not uh, small either. We've got some significantly advanced drilling done on a deposit called DASA, and we have a number of high-quality targets require drilling come the uh, November drill season. Uh, Cordy is one that springs to mind. It's a, it's a very high-grade soil anomaly that we're just defining at the moment, sits on the structures. So we're focusing in West Africa. We're diversifying through commodity base, but we're, we're presenting ourselves with a company that has more, certainly more than one string to the bow mm-hmm. and will continue to, to grow the company by advancing both assets. Yeah, it might be a good point at this stage, uh, Hugh, just to get a, your thoughts on West Africa. It's, uh, it's, it's not homogenous, obviously. It's uh, many, many uh, countries. Um, scares off some people on the ASX, but um, I guess you see it as... Uh, a region where there's a lot of opportunities that uh, you just wouldn't be able to uh, pick up in Australia because of the tight land position. Look, that's that's very true, Barry. Um, West Africa is, and as you say, it's not a it's not a homogenous group. There are challenges operating in West Africa, and I think you need to be nimble and re- and responsive to what's happening. If I was in Burkina eight months ago, which I, actually I was, um, there wasn't. Uh, a significant issue. Um, obviously, in, in January they had a coup, um, which is not unusual for mm. uh, for West African com- countries. It's it's more of a a change of direction. Now, certainly, the the coup in Burkina was strongly supported by the populace. It was more around uh, security and policing and, yeah. and being able to enforce the rule of law. Um, mm. Other places. You know, Guinea has had a, a checkered history um, politically and with corruption. And I think if you look at Mali or Cote d'Ivoire, it's, it's a similar situation. But we're still managing to operate mines quite effectively there. We're managing to do exploration very effectively there. And I think all of these countries recognise that mining development brings infrastructure, as we're seeing with, with the development in Guinea, and it also brings the opportunity of better education and better employment for their, their populace. And I think that's a, a, a great outcome. We do get discounted on the, the ASX, I feel, for uh, being a West African focus. There is an inherent risk tied to those countries, but I don't think that any of them have been at a point where anyone has lost sovereign title to 
to significant deposits or operations. No, and uh, I think it's worth noting that the two best performing ASX gold stocks in the uh, last 12 months or so, uh, West African focused, uh, West African gold and Perseus. And uh, we're just Canadian market still very interested in West Africa. And this this market, uh, when we're talking about potential scale projects that, say, your Simindu North might uh, eventually be worked up into, we'll look beyond you know, the coup here, the coup there. And as you mentioned, Burkina Faso, even the BBC said that uh, it was a welcome coup because of uh, the populace were just sick and tired of uh, violence and uh, saw the coup as a, a, a way to uh, get things back in under control. Uh, that's right, Barry. It's, uh, it's a great opportunity. Um, and you, you need to be able to manage these situations. We have people on the ground and we have you know, ongoing dialogue with with multiple government heads to ensure that we're aware mm. of where things are going, what their feelings are. I was just going to ask, how will you um, be managing the uh, Simindu North uh, project? Will you be going heading over yourself a lot or basing yourself there? Or Yeah, look, we will be establishing a presence in, in Guinea. We have a presence in Burkina at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about having good quality management in place in country and obviously to support them, it's necessary for, for us to have a presence there as well. So I certainly intend to be travelling to and from Guinea and Burkina in the, the next two or three years quite regularly and certainly improve my French. And um, it'll put me in a, a position of being able to, to understand what's happening as it's very easy to sit in Perth and direct operations in Africa and not really understand the the challenges that the people on the ground are facing. So it's very important for us to be there and it's very important for us to meet the communities in which we operate. Mm, okay. Now, Hugh, have you allowed yourself to uh, dream a bit and say, well, what, what could this uh, Simindu North project end up being? Oh, only when I'm awake or asleep, Barry. Um, <laughs> I, I, I look at this as, as an amazing opportunity. Um, in Block 1, 2, 3 and 4, there's nearly, 40, nearly 4 billion tonnes of high-grade mm. iron ore and we're sitting in exactly the same stratigraphy, a long strike. We know it occurs there. Um, how big could this be? Uh, I, I would love to think that we're going to be matching it with Rio and winning, but I'd be happy, happy. I'd be ecstatic if we were half as big. It'd be, it'd be wonderful. And importantly, being able to piggyback off the, uh, well, the 12 to $15 billion infrastructure that uh, Rio and winning consortium will be uh, putting in. Yeah, that's that would be a wonderful outcome. Absolutely wonderful. Saves us a lot of capital expenditure. Okay, then. There we go, folks. A um, very lightly capitalised uh, explorer with a focus on West Africa, and it's uh, just put its foot on the northern extension of the uh, the mighty Simindu iron ore project of uh, Rio slash Winning Consortium. So definitely one to watch. And uh, Hugh, thanks for your time today. We'll be uh, keeping an eye on this one, that's for sure. My pleasure, Mary. Thank you for uh, speaking with me. Cheers. Cheers.